want to be very clear with you in the scripture today. I declared at the beginning of the year, this is my year of restored vision. Uh, I had a friend of mine that asked this question along with that. He said, is it, are you speaking professionally or personally? So, are we just professional Christians? Or is this a personal thing? This is a personal thing. Personal. So, uh, sometimes when I teach, uh, people are very cautious not to take the things that I say personally. Take them personally. Amen. <laughs> take them. Is he talking to me? Listen to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit will help you know. All right? Uh, what you need to receive. And today is one of those days... Um, because I, I, and I knew, in fact, I even wrote in my notes today, in my prayer, I wrote my notes, I wrote, there's going to be a, and something's going to happen before the message, a, a, a huge worship, prayerful experience, and I, I didn't set that up, I never told any of the songs to sing, and I really hadn't even given that much thought until I just opened my notes and looked down and saw that note that I'd written in my prayers and my time with the Lord this week. Um, you should talk about what has happened already when you leave this church. Amen. When you go home, you should talk about that. Somebody should have the audacity in your family to say, what did that mean? What does that mean to you? Uh, because the enemy likes to erase your memory, doesn't he? Amen. So uh, something that the Lord has been dealing with me for some time, specifically before we got to the beginning of the year, and I knew we would kick into this, is that this is a year of strength. Amen. It's a year of strength. And when I say that, it's a year of strength. It's a year to be strong. Yes. It's the year, a year of strengthening. Amen. Things that have been weak will be made strong. Amen. Things that have been broken will be mended. Uh, your ability to accomplish things in the kingdom is going to increase. Can I get a yes Amen. from somebody? Yes. Uh, you're going to be able to overcome things that you have not been able to overcome before. It's a year of strength. Somebody say it's a year of strength. Uh, out of Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Somebody say be strong. I don't, I don't want you to get the wrong understanding because this has been since last year, the Lord has been setting this up. When I taught and gave away a bunch of these little white and blue bracelets, be strong and courageous from Joshua chapter 1 and 9. Be strong and courageous. Anybody remember Joshua 1 and 9? Be strong and courageous. Do not be, I believe we got a slide up there that says that. Do not be discouraged. Do not be, ter uh, do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. Uh, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Let's read that again. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And what you see in the scripture is the strong and courage is in opposition to uh, being terrified and discouraged. That's what it is. So it's the opposite of being terrified. So being strong is don't be terrified. Uh, being courageous is don't be don't lose your courage. Uh, so. With the understanding that the Lord is with us. Aren't you glad that the Lord is with us? That's part of the covenant. The, the covenant that Joshua, Joshua was there when the covenant originated at Mount Sinai. And then uh, Joshua, uh, before he dies, he's going to bring everybody together after they get to the promised land. And they're going to stand together and they are going to renew the co covenant. And there's a word that's going to be given. Anybody remember this word? Choose you this day who you will serve. Yes. All right. 
But as for me and my house, say it, come on, we will serve the Lord. Can I get some men to shout that? As for me and my house, we serve the Lord. I needed to hear that in baritone. I really did. Would you do it one more time? As for me and my can I hear the ladies shout that? Come on. Ask for me. Mama ain't playing. Be strong. Now, when we, when we look at the scripture, the words of Joshua speak of a faithful position. Be obstinate. Be stubborn. Don't give up. You understand? Stay strong. Persist. Persist. Don't quit. Don't stop. Come on. It ain't over. Never say never. Don't surrender. It really sounds like coaching words. Doesn't it? It sounds like a coach standing on a sideline screaming for his team. Hey, don't quit. Don't stop. Don't get, Come on. You can do this. Don't. Be, oh, I, know, I know we're behind, but... Don't quit. Come on. Put your shoulder in there. Come on. Run. Be fast. You can hear those words. And, and I think that's good. Uh, and those words sound good. But, you know, what if, what if your player didn't show up for practice? You know, what if, what, if they didn't, what, if, what if they didn't come to the workout? What if they didn't prepare themselves? What if they hadn't studied the playbook? And be strong. Be courageous. Watch. I mean, aren't you really telling them that they should be something that they are not? What if you were fully confident on the outside, but there was no strength on the inside? You just get whooped. Come on, don't throw anything at me right now, okay? Somebody's mama said something like this at one time. Don't let your alligator mouth write a check that your hummingbird butt can't cash. Was that your mama? Or was that you? She said, yeah, my grandma's. <laughs> I got some amens. I've heard that before. That's really powerful, isn't it? There's, there's an aspect to being strong that I see in the New Testament. Be strong doesn't just mean stand up. It's being strong is a state of life. It is a state of being. Now, in saying that, I'm not canceling out some of what you want because uh, uh, we want to speak things. I mean, you know our words are creative, right? We're, I'm going to speak some stuff into existence, but, but often that's misused, okay? It's like if the Word of God is not in me, then there's, I can say whatever I want to. This is about, it's not just about the power of being positive. It's, the, it's about power. I'm, I'm just saying, yes, be faithful. Yes, go forward. But don't just act strong, be strong. Because somebody will call your bluff. Amen. Don't you be pushing me. Okay. You know, you just, sooner or later we need to deal with the strength. Again, that scripture in Ephesians 6, be strong in the Lord. Say it. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And, and he explains why the scripture is there. You've probably got these in your notes, much of these scriptures, but let me say, why, why do I need to be strong? I need to be strong because it's tough out there. Amen. Can I get an amen from somebody? Amen. It is tough out there. How many been injured out there? Anybody been injured out there? Wave at me. Anybody? Anybody got hurt before out there? 
Anybody been uh, belittled out there? Anybody uh, been uh, had 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 someone gang up on you? Had anybody been there before? Where things just seem so broken? It's good to be in the house, isn't it? I mean, some people say, I don't know why you come to the house. Well, I'm telling you, I need to be here right now. I need, if, if for any other reason, I need to be around some people that trust in the same God that I trust in. I, I need some people that worship the same Jesus. There's, there's strength right here, two or three or 300, 400. Get together in his name. He's right here. I need to be encouraged and I need to be built up. It's tough out there. It's tough. And Ephesians 6 talks about this. You, you've read this, right? Before he sa- after he says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, he goes on and says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Powers, principalities. I, you know, I could go through all of this, but what that's saying is, is what you're dealing with is not a pickup game in your backyard. This is not an afternoon stroll through on a golf course. That's not what this is. You say, I'm fighting. It's not what it is. Uh, This is serious. We are in real warfare that is destroying homes and families, attacking our thoughts. Come on, anybody ever had the enemy attack your thought life before? And attacking our bodies and... And specifically, can I be honest about this? This is about evil, demonic, spiritual rulers that are holding our neighbors hostage. And inhabiting nations and governments. Can I get a yes from somebody? And, and if you, I'm not going to be heavy here, but just consider the wording. Principalities and powers... Rulers of the darkness of this age, of this time. Spiritual hosts of wickedness. So, you know, some of these you can see principalities and powers. This is all about hierarchy. You know, everybody knows that it's military, but then it breaks it down that there are hosts of them. So a host, that means not who's hosting the party. No, host means multitude. Thousands upon thousands. And you say, I don't believe in all this. They like that. That's part of their, their plan. But, but still, don't overcomplicate this. How can I help you to understand this? Because we are seeing it now in, in the massive chaos of the world that we live in. I mean, we're just getting brighter and brighter, but we, we have no sense in our culture. And uh, I'm going to go there, folks. Massive chaos we have in government and politics. Can I say that again? And politics. Many. Come on. We are on the verge of massive shifts in our nation and in our laws that are directly pointed at your position of faith. They are missiles directed at disempowering the church from preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And from helping people to walk in covenant blessing. Yes, I'm preaching to you today. Laws. Laws opposing Christian counselors from truthfully engaging individuals who are struggling with broken lifestyles. Laws. In the old dominion. In Virginia. Am I telling the truth? 
laws that give no protection or even a 24-hour waiting period to those who are choosing to terminate a child's life. Now, just so you know, I have held babies in my arms that were saved by that 24 hours. Thank you, Lord. Preaching anyway. People may not like it. I know it's spiritual warfare. And if you, listen, if you have struggled or you have been through that, somebody thank God for His grace and His mercy. We are not here to bestow grace and shame, but we are going to stand up for the truth of God's Word. Our nation has lost its moral compass. There is no peace, no faith. There's no sense of goodness. No sense of goodness among those who would lead our nation. And while we're pointing the fingers at government leaders, that person, and we call them by names, we, as the church, fail to recognize this is spiritual warfare. Many of those have already surrendered to voices of hell rather than heaven. And families are struggling, and homes are struggling, and marriages are struggling. I I don't know how you feel, but I'll tell you how this daddy feels, how this pastor feel. I'm a, I'm a pastor. I'm a, I'm a grandpa. I'm a great grandpastor. Okay. Cause I've been around long enough to see people who are saved, who have kids that are saved, who have children that are saved. I, I love being that guy. I enjoy that role. But can I tell you, I'll say it this way. I had a, a, a leader, a bishop friend of mine when I was a boy, when I was a teenager who said this, he was, he was trying to build a, a youth ministry in the state and he used to come and talk to us and he would come up and get all country and look at us and say, if Satan's going to have our children, he's going to have to take them from us. Do you hear what I'm saying? I am not delivering the next generation freely into the hands of the enemy. I'm not going to do that. You say, well, you know, what if they don't talk to you? I'm, I am not going to freely give our next generation over into the hands of the enemy. I realize that we're sometimes confused about who the enemy is, and that's a problem. So listen to me. Your husband is not the enemy. Your wife is not the enemy. Your teacher is not the enemy. Come on, your preacher is definitely not the enemy. You come to church, you say, well, yeah, there's some enemies I have right here at church. Come on. The enemy loves to make you think that the enemy is the person who's, uh, you know, playing an instrument or somebody in the church or somebody in a hallway or something. No, no. That's one of the things that the enemy does. In the church, he likes to get us fighting amongst ourselves because he wants us to do his battle for him. so, So we say... We are in battle, but we've lost our ability to pause and understand who the enemy is. That's why the Apostle Paul is writing this, to let us know who the enemy truly is. Because we are all fighting against the same one. We're fighting against the powers of darkness. And the Apostle tells us these two words. Be strong. Somebody shout, be strong. Be strong. Yet we just keep telling God to make it go away. And God says, I need you to be strong. See, some of us think... That God's just going to come and he's going to be strong for us. No, God is strong through us. Amen. You think he's going to be strong and just go out there. No, that's, that's not the case. We, listen, heaven, heaven is engaging the world through people who believe in Jesus. Amen. Do you hear me? Amen. 
You say, God, just come down there and get them. Get them, Jesus. And he's saying, I'm going to fill you with my spirit. I'm going to send you as light in darkness. It's about you. I need somebody else. No, God is saying, I call you. Jesus. And he talks about principalities. And sometimes we see this and we say, well, that's not really. Why does he throw this principalities and powers? It is a fundamental doctrine of the word of God. Paul has already talked about to, this church, to the church of Ephesians back in Ephesians 3, three chapters earlier in verse 10. The manifold wisdom of God is being made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. So how? Who is engaging the principalities and powers? Somebody say the church. It's us. By the church. According to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. So we forget that we are his army. We are supposed to be telling the powers of hell to go to hell. Not our neighbors. Come on. Well, you just know. If you're going to use that terminology, you need to know that God did not create hell for us. He created it for the powers of darkness. Notice the way Christ dealt with the enemy. In Matthew chapter 40, Jesus is hungry. Because he's been fasting, like some of you. Anybody done any fasting and praying lately? Fasting is a good thing. It is. It's, it's good medically to fast on occasion. For some of you, you need to see your doctor first. But we got another week of the 21 days. But if you want to go ahead and keep fasting and praying for the next uh, you know, uh, 49 weeks of the year, help yourself. Uh, but fasting and praying. So, so Jesus is being tempted by the enemy. After he was baptized, the Bible said the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. You mean you mean the Lord would allow me to be under attack from the enemy? Look at me so I can help you understand this. Okay? All right? Don't make me sing Kelly Clarkson right now. Okay? What doesn't kill you makes you strong. Okay, anyway. You go through tests and you get better. On the back side of these tests. Amen. You get stronger. Some of you are in them right now. You don't even like what I'm preaching right now. But if you'll apply it. So, so Jesus is in the wilderness. He has fasted for 40 days. Okay. And he is seeking God. He's hearing the Father's voice. And the enemy says to him. After he fasted for 40 days 40 nights. When the tempter came to him he said. If you are the son of God. Command that these stones become bread. Now, I want you to understand that Jesus could do this. All right? How many know he can make bread? I mean, I know your mama make bread, but God been making bread a long time before your mama. All right? And I know some of you are already mad at me. He said, don't you be talking about my mama. I'm talking about Jesus. And here's what he did. He made bread. How many know he's the word of God? Anybody know he's the word of God? He is the Word of God. The Bible says, and John, the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Right? That's Jesus. Amen. So uh, the children of Israel had bread. Remember the bread the children of Israel had? Yes. It was called what? Manna. Manna. Tasted like honey. Tasted like, let me tell you, for Ricky Gene Hawker, this guy right here, I am telling you, it ain't nothing like a biscuit with some honey on it. Ain't nothing like it. One of them flaky biscuits with a little honey on it. And the children of Israel, come on, I got a witness right over here. Ain't nothing like it. 
I, I love me some biscuits and honey. I love, I have one last night and I'm still praising Jesus for it right now. But every morning, the children of Israel, after they had come out of bondage, were crossing. They crossed the Red Sea and then they're in the wilderness and they wonder what they're going to eat. But every morning, six days, on the seventh day, they got twice enough, enough for that day and the next day. They would come out and where there had been stones, now there was bread. And they got enough every day. I, I'm telling you, I could eat biscuits and honey every day. Can I get an amen from somebody? Now, I, I can't say that he actually transformed that, the, the rocks into bread. But I'm telling you that he caused bread to be on the ground. Come on, for a couple million individuals who had come out of bondage and they were healthy and they were well. And praise Jesus. So Jesus could look over to the devil and say, I'll make me some bread. Biscuits and honey all over. Honey biscuits. Let's call them that. Honey biscuits all over the place. But he didn't because the enemy was trying to break his connection with Father. Because he had been fasting. The flesh had no control over him. How many would like the flesh to lose its control over you? He had been seeking God. Now get this. Get this. So... I want to tell you, this is our, here's a struggle for us, okay? I can make biscuits, and nothing in the Bible says I can't make biscuits. So I'm going to go ahead and make biscuits. Don't you be judging me. Listen, people do this all the time. Well, show me in the Bible where it says I can't do this. All right? Just because the Bible doesn't say you need to stop, does not mean you don't need to stop. Amen. There are things in your life right now that you need to put down. Yes, yes. And the enemy just keeps whispering it. Hey, there's nothing wrong with you playing your video game for five hours a day. Nothing in the Bible says anything about video games. They didn't have video games in the Bible. Amen. Now, now look, I'm not just I'm not I'm not kicking you around for video game, a bathroom. No. You know. It could be anything because the enemy, what he wants to do more than anything is to get your connection with heaven disconnected. Amen. He wants to stop you. Come on, get, get on that little thing on your phone that checks out all of your time. Now, now, how many love the word of God? Anybody love the word of God? Yeah. Let, me, let me show you one of the things that you can do with the word of God. You could download the app Bible Gateway. And with Bible Gateway, you can pick whatever version, and it will set up for you a reading plan so you can read the entire Bible through in the year 2020. Amen. Just read what pops up right there on the Bible. You could do that, all right? Go ahead and do that, all right? And then at the end of this week, pull up your time and find out how much time you spent on each app. You know you want more from Facebook than you do Jesus. Amen. No? Okay, all right. Well, the Bible doesn't say anything wrong about Facebook. You can do that. But the enemy wants to consume you. It, be, listen, because it's tough out there. The enemy wants to destroy you and your family and your home. And the way that he does that is breaking your connection with heaven. Come on, God has all kinds of promises about me and my home and my generations. And if he can just get me to disconnect. Yeah. I'm preaching the truth. 
See, it's not about the bread. It's about the enemy's desire to weaken you. Nothing wrong with football. Nothing wrong with hanging out with the boys. Nothing wrong with sleeping all day on a Sunday. Well, maybe there is. Nothing wrong with gorging yourself with pasta once in a while. Maybe there is. But when an athlete's getting ready for the Super Bowl, their focus is on the championship. I need to be at practice. Somebody shout amen. I need, I need to be at practice. I need to be studying the playbook. Am I preaching to anybody? I, I need to be at my fighting weight. I need to be in the word. I need to be in prayer. I need the Holy Spirit speaking into my mind. I need all of my thoughts being taken captive. I need a vision from heaven. I need when the Lord says give not to be arguing with him. I need heaven in my life. It was when Jesus refused the bread because of his fast that Satan realized he was in the fight of his life. He was, come on, he was one bowl of Cheerios away from victory over Jesus. And Jesus says, I'm not listening to anything. Is this all right? Has anybody ever realized that the fight wasn't going your way? Has anybody ever realized that the fight is not going away? Sometimes we stand around passively waiting for God to fix issues. And God's waiting for you to allow him to fix you. We're in a fight. Somebody say, we're in a fight. We're in a fight. We need to be strong. But sometimes we just want out of the struggle because the struggle is real. Not busting on you, but listen, the struggle is not going to kill you. Romans chapter 6. Anybody remember this? Romans chapter, Romans, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 12. Be joyful in hope. Say it. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Tell somebody you're going to get through this with the help of the Lord. Tell somebody you're going to get through this. Every second you spend wishing God would take away a struggle is a forfeited opportunity to overcome and kick the powers and principalities in the teeth. You need to do this. And it's not, I've told you this before, it's not just about you. Right? It's not just about you. I have to talk every year at this time of the year. I have to talk about my mom. There's a picture of my mom. Okay, mom, Mom's been gone for 17 years uh, on January the 31st. January 31st. Tough, tough. I have a lot of memories from January 31st. My mother, other individuals that passed away on that particular day. So always comes into my heart and I deal with it and remember. But I, I like to remember my mother well. I have so many mom stories. If you've heard me preach, you know I can preach mom stories and cry the whole time I'm telling them, all right? So if I weep while I tell the story, get over yourself, okay? Uh, I love my mama, and, um, and she is a wonderful woman of God, an amazing woman of God, loved Jesus, loved to teach God's word. She taught and taught and taught, read the word of God through every year, okay, every year. Prayed, journaled her prayers. Uh, but one, one great moment that I remember was out at a restaurant. Diane and I, uh, we were newlyweds. We hadn't been married very long at all, just getting involved in ministry. My mom and dad were there. My brother Dan, my oldest brother Dan and his wife Crystal, and they had two little ones, okay? Uh, one, 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 his son, who's his namesake, you know, y'all, little Dan, you know, little Daniel, Daniel Ray, they, 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 he was there. He was three. Anybody ever had a three-year-old? All right. Anybody have one? Okay. All right. So I'm telling you, they, it was fun because 
He was a stinker. And hey, anyway, uh, he's 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 interesting. A great kid, a great man now. I mean, he's uh, over forty years old now. But uh, after we got out of the restaurant, and we'd been at church together. All of us had been at church. We worked at different churches. We had all been to church together. Uh, the camp meeting gathering or something, and we're coming out of the restaurant. Now, my mother, my mama knew how to dress. Anybody got mama knows how to dress? Mama always dressed nice when she went to church. She had a nice dress on, had her hose on, had her hair fixed. And we opened the door to go, and Daniel, little Daniel, takes off running out the door right through the parking lot as the car is coming. My mother dove into the parking lot. She didn't think. What about my knees? What about my clothes? What about she dove in the parking lot, grabbed Daniel, and pulled him to safety. When she stood up, her hair was a mess, her knees were bleeding, her clothes were torn. Wasn't even an issue. Because she had well, here's the fact. She did not save her grandson when that happened. Let me show you who she saved. She saved these children. Amen. Those are that little boy's seven children. Do you understand? You think, oh, she saved Daniel. No, she saved seven other babies that were coming after him. You see, why, why do I need to fight this fight? Let me, let me tell you, uh, sometimes when I wouldn't fight for myself, I'll fight for my kids. Anybody with me on this? Sometimes when I would lay it down, you say, oh, I don't have any babies. Yes, you do. You got spiritual kids all over this house. You got people that are your brothers and your sisters. Anybody like that? I mean, I'm ready to stand and fight, and it is tough out there. So we need to realize that it's time for us as the children of God to say, I don't have time just to fake it out. I don't just want to go to church. I don't want to just pray on occasion. I need to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Be strong. Look at somebody tell them, be strong, be strong. And I'm not talking about an attitude. I'm saying, this is what I'm saying. I'm saying, I'm saying, don't miss your workouts. Am I preaching all right now? Don't miss your workout. Don't miss your workout. I, I, you know, I have some news for you, in case you did not know this. This coming month, we're coming into February. Most of the local gyms should have more space now. <laughs> True? Matt and Katie, do you know about this? They run a gym. You know? Planet Fitness? No, anytime. Anytime, not Planet. Excuse me. I apologize for that. That was almost blasphemy. I apologize. Anytime Fitness. Manage and train there. And then we have Fit Church. Also, on Saturdays, they meet different churches and get the body of Christ together because they need to be physically and spiritually fit. Praise God. Impact ministry. Someone say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sounds good. And you guys can get involved in that if you want. All right. Uh, but no, the gyms, it's like for a few weeks, everybody's like there. And then they realize it hurts. Come on. Anybody ever done that? It's like, wow. And then you go to the doctors. They go, why do my shoulders hurt? Uh, well, it worked out for two weeks. Well, that can cause pain because it's, it's the truth, isn't it? That uh, I'm not that guy to tell you all of this, but here's my understanding. That in order for muscles to increase, they have to be torn. Amen. They have to be messed up a little bit and then they build up stronger. Yes. Isn't, the, isn't that the way it happens in our heart, in our life? Look at what the Word of God says in 1 Corinthians 9. Paul writes, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. 
Run to win. Don't run just to get through. Come on. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate. Temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it under subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. So it's a possibility to be a preacher. Did anybody see what I just read? I'm a preacher and I'm telling you this. Because, I mean, it's the fact, Jack. Did I just say that? I can't remember. That was weird. Uh, that you may not even like what I'm about to tell you. And I have to be okay with that. Because now, the idea is we have to just keep pressing the truth down. And that means I'm going to have to entertain you more and more and more. I'm shifting from pastor to event coordinator. I'm going to have to because people will not come. And they certainly, you know, I, I have to make sure that my Christian consumers are all happy. So when I share this word, I have to look at everybody's face. Talk about anxiety. I got to look at everybody's face to make sure that everybody is happy with what I'm saying. And if they're not, I need to make sure that I, I, I carve off the heavy stuff and make sure that all I give you to eat are the sweet pieces. So I'm passing out cookies every Sunday. Come on. And then at the end of the day, we sit together as pastors and say, well, how many did you have on Sunday? And we all decide, well, whoever has the most consumers wins. But I don't want a bunch of church people just to go to hell one day. I would prefer. I would prefer. I would prefer to one day look at Jesus. And him say, you told him what I told you to tell him. I would prefer to hold the door for you while you walked in. Are you ready? Somebody shout yes. Anybody ready? I know I have to draw that out of you on occasion. So you think you like what I'm saying. Somebody say amen right now. We have to become strong. We have to tap into strength. In Ephesians 3, Paul writes that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. My outer man's so tough, but my inner man is dying. I love, I love you folks. I just love you so much. I, I, uh, I love what you're doing in your life. I'm so grateful. I see people that are in this church now that at one time I could outrun you, I could outlift you, and now you're smoking me. And I'm saying, how did that happen? And then I'd like to say, well, I'm older than you are. But I know that you're working on it. Come on. Anybody seen some folks that have dropped some things they needed to drop? You know what I'm saying? I ain't passing guild out. I'm just saying it's a possibility. I'm, I'm saying everything that Matt and Katie Lynn tell me to say right now. That's all I know. It, but this is truth. You know, how many know? Coach Sherman, how many know it's okay for people to work out and get better? 
And it's, it's important. But, but 1 Timothy 4 and 8 says physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. So you don't want to throw the other away. You just need to know that there is another uh, training. Godliness, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. So you ready to work out? Anybody ready? Come on. All right, now here's how you're going to work out. First of all, you've got to focus on your core. Come on, say it. Focus on your core. So let's do some sit-ups. All right, anybody ready to do some sit-ups? Or some crunches. Anybody? Come on. Do some crunches. Am I right? Is this? Nobody wants to participate. I can see that. Uh, work on your core. You say, I don't know how to do that. Google that sometime. There's all kinds of exercises to work on your core. So you can have a six pack like I want. Uh, I mean, physically, everything you do involves your core. Whether it's swinging a golf club or lifting groceries. Getting out of a chair. Why, why does it take so much effort to get out of my chair? Core. Uh, and, and there's several things that your core can give you. It builds balance. Keeps you from falling down. Develops proper posture. Uh, it enables you to perform tasks with ease. That you are not. That, that should be easier. That are not. If we can just build the core, it'll protect you from pain. If your core is strong, it'll help you uh, with back issues, and it also increases your energy. Uh, spiritually, we need to work on our core. And that's this, this teaching. Uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. And we say, well, what does that mean to love the Lord? To feel good in my heart, to feel good in my soul. No, no. That means the, the core of my life should be focused upon the Lord Jesus. The core issues of my life. He's talking about your inner man. And when your inner man is strong, it builds balance and you won't be falling down all the time. And you'll have proper posture. Your life will begin to line up. And you'll perform tasks with ease. You feel like you're not positioned for success. But when your inner man is strong, you'll get success in areas that you were never successful in before. And, and it will protect you from pain and injury. God wants you to be set free from the wounds of your life. But it starts with the core. You have spiritual stamina. You need to develop your core. Amen? Amen. So could we just be very practical today? I know... I, I talk about a lot of stuff, a lot of spiritual things. Anybody ready for some practicality? Are you ready? Amen. If you want to build your spiritual balance, if you want to build your inner man, I'm going to give you a few ideas. Number one, fellowship with the church. Amen. Fellowship. Say the word fellowship. 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 I'm just fine. I don't go to church. No, you're not. Read my lips. You're not. You don't have to go to church. The Bible doesn't say you have to go to church. Oh, you're going to play that. Maybe I should just pull out all kinds of scripture. At what time in scripture does the Bible say, forsake the assembling of yourselves together? At what time in scripture does the Bible tell us that we would be better if we just received the Holy Spirit and went our separate ways? 
Where does it say that? It says exactly the opposite of it. But when I tell you that, even more when I say fellowship, things like communion. Anybody receive communion today? Anybody receive prayer one for another? Anybody believe in laying your hands on the sick and seeing them blessed? At what time are we going to see this? It is good for the church to come and assemble. Now, I'm going to say, let me just throw a few other things at you. Prayer. Somebody say pray. Pray Pray without ceasing. How should I pray? I need to pray constantly. I need to pray every day. I'm going to talk to you about this. The trouble with nearly everybody who prays is that he says amen and runs away before God has a chance to reply. It's like I said my prayer. I said my cutesy little prayer. Got myself out out the door. I'm telling you, you need to pray every day. You need to spend at least 30 minutes to an hour in the presence of God. And you say, I don't have time. And I'm saying, we don't take the time. Somebody say, you need to pray. Say, you need to pray. Get a mirror out. Look at yourself and say, you need to pray constantly. Prayer is communion with God. Another word for communion is fellowship or Kononia, or anybody like this word, kinship. Where are you, brothers and sisters? Kinship. It implies the sharing of a common interest, motivations, and desires. uh, It is accompanied by emotional, spiritual transparency. I need to confess my faults to you. I need you to pray for me that I can overcome my sin and my sickness. I need people who know me and still love me. I need to pray. I need to pray. I need to pray. And I need to stay in the word of God. Anybody have a Bible? You have a phone, you have a Bible. I told you, have a phone, you have a Bible. Wouldn't it be good if we opened your phone that it straight, went straight to the Bible? Amen. Man, I have concordance. I can work so hard with my phone right now. My phone knows it's filled with the Word of God. Hallelujah. Now, my, my old one wasn't that way. Anybody remember? Anybody, anybody remember those phones? Anybody? Just raise your hand. You know, rang in the house. Ring, 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 ring. It actually, the phone used to ring. It did. It didn't play songs or anything. And, and you would yell, I'll get it! And you would run, you would answer the phone, then we came up with like those cassette things that you could hook up till you could actually have an answering system. It was great! Alright, but it didn't have the Word of God in it. It didn't. Now you can download an app with the Word of God. I told you, Bible Gateway earlier, I told you, ChristianityToday.com will not only... Not only can you get the Word of God, they will email you a reading plan so that you can read the Word of God through in this coming year. And you say, why do I need to read the Word of God? I'm going to give you a few reasons. Because the Word of God will save you. I said the Word of God will save you. uh, James 1.21, get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the Word of God that is planted into your hearts. It has the power to save your souls. The Word of God will cause you to grow in wisdom. Why don't I know stuff? Word of God. Somebody shout the Word of God. Get the Word of God into your life. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. All who obey His commandments will grow in wisdom. Praise Him forever. Come on. Get into the Word of God. The Word of God will teach you how to live. And so will Satan. All right? How many have been instructed by the devil on how to live? 
Anybody done that? I have been before. Tell me how to live. Don't you put up with that from anybody, Pat. Come on. And then the word of God says, forgive them. If you want, to, if you want me to hear your prayers, That's right. forgive people like I just forgave you. Amen. The word of God will protect you from being deceived. The word of God will develop your faith. The word of God will keep you living right. Keep you out of sin. Psalm 119, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against God. The word of God will fill you with hope. Yes. Anybody ever read the word of God and, and hope just? Yes. Jeez, I'm struggling right now. I'm going to go read the Bible. Do people say that? Yes. Don't overthink this. Pick a time. Pick a process. Yes. Read and write. Read and write. and write. Read and write what the word of God is saying to you. Praise God. Somebody thank God for the word. So how how are you going to grow stronger? How are you going to build your cord? Stay in the word of God. Here's a couple other things. Righteous living will help you. Somebody shout righteous living. living. Listen, you can expect to live for the devil and be strong in the Lord. It just doesn't work that way. Shout yes. Yes. Stewardship. Did he say stewardship? He did. I said stewardship. Uh, 2 Corinthians 8 and 7. Since you excel in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge and complete earnestness and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. Uh-huh. Amen. Amen. Giving? Amen. Yes. And some people say, I don't believe in that. Listen, there are more than 2,000 verses in the Bible that speak about finances. And nearly half of Jesus' parables have to do with possessions. Money matters to God. That means it should matter to you and the way that you deal with it. Come on. What what should I do then, Pastor? According to the Word of God, you should give joyfully. You should give sacrificially. You should give regularly. You should give generously. You should give regularly. You should give your tithe. Is that good? Amen. Everybody was really spiritual until I, it's like it's like saying, I want you to come to the gym and next week we're going to do crunches every week. You say, well, I, I'm going to be busy next week because when it comes to money, we love so money so much. It's like our best friend, but also money is our security. I cannot keep up the lifestyle that I want to if I give. And God says, that's where that open up the windows of heaven scripture comes from. Malachi 3 and 10. Bring all your time to the storehouse that there might be meat in my house and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven. I want the windows of heaven to be opened up in my life. But I ain't giving no money because I know that preacher just trying to get a raise. That's the devil talking to you. And that's also the spirit of poverty. Yes, it is. Yes. Yes. That's the spirit of poverty. Okay, I gotta say one more thing. And then I gotta send you home. All right? Serve others. If you want to build your core, love and serve others. You gotta serve somebody. Say serve. Say it serve. Did I just go Bob Dylan on somebody? I don't know. Gotta serve somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people, the the millennials have no idea what I'm talking about. Okay. Boomers. You got to serve somebody. You got to serve Jesus. 
You are going to serve somebody whether you know it or not. But we have to serve one another. So uh, we're going to do this today. Somebody get nervous because you're old school. You know what I'm talking about. Jesus gave this example, and it's a core example. I'm going to tell you this. The Bible does not say that you should go into all the world and make converts of every creature. The Bible says you should go into all the world and make disciples. Followers. Jesus started the church with how many? Twelve. With a dozen disciples. Amen. Had to replace one of them. Amen. Okay? And then he had 70 and he sent them out two by two. Yes. And they had to go and serve people. That's right. Am I right? Amen. Before he died, he got the disciples together, had communion with them. And look, look what the scripture says. He got up from the meal took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist, poured water into a basin and began washing his disciples' feet. Did you see that? I'm making you nervous right now. Because he was teaching them how to serve. He said, if you're going to be great in my kingdom, you've got to learn how to be the servant of all. So I'm trying to get your core built up. I'm asking you to read the word. I'm asking you to pray. Is that okay? Is anybody all right with this? I'm asking you to give. I'm asking you to exercise. I'm asking you to do this by the Holy Spirit. Because there's a fight out there. And if we don't step up. Come on, brothers and sisters, you hear me? If we don't step up. Somebody shout step up. If If we don't step up. Our generations are going to pay for it. Anybody ready to get your core going today? Anybody ready? Come on, stand up with me. Let's give praise to the Lord Jesus for His Word. Alright, here we go. I feel like I did something like this earlier, but it's not exactly this. Alright? I'm looking for some people that would like to increase their core. I'm looking for some people that want to be strong and want to begin today. I'm talking about... Committing our lives to the Lord Jesus fully and totally. Anybody ready? Come up and stand with me. Come up and step with me. Come on, stand, step with me. Some of you are nervous. Okay, I know that. What's he going to make me do? You're going to like it. Okay. Five? I was kind of hoping for 105. Come on, come on. I need some people that are come and stand with me. Come and stand with me. Come and stand with me. Come on, come on down. Freak that spirit. Anybody else want to come? I'll come back and get you. Play with me. I'll come here. I will come back here. Because here's what we're going to do. Nah, never mind. Fact of the matter is, I don't need my feet washed today. I washed them before I came to church. I don't wear sandals. I've got clean socks on. Would you allow the person next to you to take their finger and put it in your mouth right now? Don't do it. Don't you dare do that. Don't you do it. 
Don't, don't, don't. That's gross. Okay. All right, but you do it all the time. The nastiest part of your body is your hands. It's not your feet, it's your hands. And the nastiest thing that you have in your pocket is your phone. Do you know where you look at your phone? You touch things, then you touch your phone, then you take this phone that you've been touching. You put your thumb right down here, and then you take that and you talk to people on the phone. How did I get sick? Because that nasty old hand that you have that you put all over this and then you stuck it in your face. In 2020, if Jesus was doing this, he'd be looking at you and saying, you need to cleanse the germs off of the hands of your brothers and your sisters. In fact, the Bible actually says this. Cleanse your hands. Wash your hands. There was another Old Testament law was principle is that it was about washing it was ceremonial washings that before you actually worked within the temple before you did certain things you had to wash your hands still if you go to the wailing wall there's a place where people come and they will wash their hands like seven times before they participate you see anybody that you care about anybody anywhere in the room you see anybody that you don't know anybody don't know how many want to serve God? How many really want to serve God? How many really want to defeat the enemy? So let's confess that to the Lord Jesus. Everybody, say, let's tell him, Father. Say, Father, I choose to serve you. I recommit myself to you. To prayer. To reading your word. To worship. To fellowship. I recommit myself to serving others. I am yours. I am in covenant with you. have a basin here that we could wash feet. Instead, we're going to wash hands. Would you take one of those and just... Yeah. Yeah. You got one? Here we go. Open them up. Everybody take one. In fact, hold on to them. Don't wash anybody yet. Just take, take one. Okay? In fact, pass them to the congregation behind you too after you're finished with yours. Just let me get one. I can't even get these out. hold one of these in your hands. It's not for you. Don't wash your own hands. Don't wash your own hands. Don't, 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 don't start nothing. Here. Hold it in your hand. Wave it in the air. Say, Lord, I surrender. My life belongs to you. Come on, tell him. Come on, wave the flag. Wave the flag. I surrender. Some of you, some of you haven't got flags yet, but I see you back there. You know what's really easy though? Standing by somebody that you know. You know how many people can get lost in church? It's like they come and it's kind of really cool to be isolated. But you don't know everybody as well as you should. And you don't pray for others. There is somebody next to you or behind you right now that needs to be served. That's why sometimes I say, go to somebody, give them a hug. I'm trying to, I want you to serve one. I want you to love and I want you to bless one another. So I know that you have somebody here behind you that you care a great deal for. 
And I don't mind that you serve them and minister to them. But look around you. Look behind you. Look, look around. Okay? Now, I want you to go and find somebody. Okay? I'm not saying you don't know them at all. But find somebody nearby you. Okay? Find somebody around you. If you have to leave your seat, go to them. But find somebody and stand in front of them with your white flag in your hand. Look at that. People leaving the altar now. Are you ready? Oh, yeah, he says. Are you ready? Now wait. I want you to do two things. I want you to wash one another's hands. And then I want you to pray for one another. And then I want you to enter into covenant with each other regarding your core. How you're going to grow in the Lord Jesus. What needs to change in your life in order for you to be stronger in the Lord? He said, no, I just want them to wash my hands. I want you to be set free by the power of Jesus. I want you to enter into fellowship. Are you ready? Find those individuals. Are you ready? Open your hands. Begin to wash one another's hands. Talk about covenant and minister to one another. We're going to sing. After you finish ministering to one another, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you and grant you peace. The Lord bless you. Pray. Talk. When you're finished, you can be dismissed. Take your time. Don't hurry. Don't hurry. Sing.